Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. Today, we've got something really special for you. We're going to get coached up on what we should be doing to get prepared for the prime of our lives. That's right. We're going to get coached up on what we should be doing with our money so that we're ready to spend what I would call our glory years, the the 10 years ahead of me, which will probably lead to the 20 years after that. So I've got John Gotchel with us today, and he's going to coach us up on how we should handle our money, what we should be doing, how we should be thinking, which is probably the most important part of this. So get ready to be coached on what you should be doing with your money for your financial future. Here we go with another edition of the Inside BS Show. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Tell us, how did you become the guy who coaches people on what they should be doing with their money? Thank you, Dave. Thank you for having me on the show and looking forward to a great time today. Uh, we, uh, we've been in the insurance and investment business for 28 years, and I kind of stumbled into the financial services business um, 28 years ago, but it's been a wonderful experience ever since I uh, got in this game. In fact, uh, you know, up until the time I was about 23, you couldn't peel me away from, you know, sports stations, watching the Chicago Bulls, uh, any sport. And uh, actually, my dream was to get into professional sports at one time. And uh, it takes a lot of work to get into those areas. And one day met this uh, awesome uh, person over at New York Life. And he, uh, he introduced me some very successful people over there. And he's like, hey, why don't you give this a shot? And at uh, 23 years old, I didn't know much about credibility. I didn't know much about, uh, you know, that thousands and thousands of people have already gone through and tried it. And uh, I decided to give it a shot. And uh, it intrigued me because uh, I was able to start my own business, so to speak. I was able to um, learn about so many different facets of life. Um, you know, insurance and investments touches on all parts of our lives. And, and it also set off a, a huge learning curve over the last 28 years, which, which has been, um, it's been wonderful. And it's also allowed me to help thousands and thousands of people. So, you know, uh, that's really what's kept me going in this business is, you know, the fact that we're able to help thousands and thousands of people have better lives. Or when things get really tough, we're able to be there for those moments when, uh, when it isn't so fun. So let's, let's talk a little bit about, you know, one of the things that, that you say is nobody, nobody really wants to talk about insurance, but they want to, they want to talk about their future, right? They want to talk about what, um, what the future could look like. Explain to folks, if you will, how, and I, I discovered this through my own financial advisor, explain to folks, if you will, how a, an insurance policy can actually lead to a more, uh, a better retirement, a more sound retirement. A lot of people don't think of it that way. No, well, actually, let's let's think about many parts of the insurance world, right? You know, um, insurance is a tool that you know provides the money when things don't go well, right? So let's from auto insurance to homeowners insurance to health insurance to life insurance to, um, you know, your dental insurance, right? Uh, all insurance is based on the same concept, the law of large numbers. It, the, the, the real key is what, what, are, we, what are we insuring? What, are, what do we need to be, what needs to be paid out when a bad moment happens? So, so 
for example, if you don't have the right auto insurance, correct, uh, and now you get sued, now they're they're forcing you to sell your house. Not a good deal. That could affect your your retirement in your future. Uh, your house burns down, or you don't insure your wedding ring properly. Okay, now you got to go buy another wedding ring. That's you know, ten to twenty thousand dollars. That that puts a crimp in your financials. Um, if you look at you know the health insurance world, you come down with a serious illness. You know how are you going to pay for those hospital bills, the medications, everything? How do you get back to recovery? So, um, you know, and then you get into the life insurance part of it. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of people. You know, I guess a hundred percent of us are not going to make it at some point. And so, what are we leaving behind for our families on that end of it? But there's also ways that you can, you know, pay more than you have to into these policies and build a little equity, a little cash value is what they call it. And uh, that will help be part of the whole package when you decide to stop retiring or when you stop working and retire. You basically, you know, have another pocket of money that's sitting over there potentially. So uh, there's just, just there's all forms of insurance. All of them could have an impact on your financial situation. Talk a little bit about long-term care insurance, if you will, because one of the things that I, that I found over the years is probably uh, the thing that none of us think about is we all think about our death at some point, but we don't think about what happens if we're, we can't work or if we're, you know, we need some, we have to convalesce for any period of time, right? Uh, or where we're going, in, going into assisted living for the last 15 years of our lives. How are you going to pay for that? Well, that's where long-term care insurance comes in, right? That is correct. Actually, um, out of all the insurances that you can buy, I think long-term care insurance is the hardest decision for, for people to make. If you look at it from a statistic and analytical standpoint, it's uh, you know four out of every 10 people that reach age 65 are gonna need some form of assistance. In the future, that goes up to six out of 10 when you reach age 75. The average cost of a nursing home, you know, if you took the Chicagoland area, somewhere between six to $10,000 a month. So not only is that you could be paying for that, that expense for, for you or your spouse, but you also probably are maintaining the cost of, run, of your home if you are married or if you do have children. So you're doubling up on the expense. Um, Long-term care, what makes it a difficult decision is, uh, one, my family will take care of me, or two, I'm just going to kick the bucket. You know, I'm never going to spend any time. What everybody forgets is that doctors are paid to keep us alive. <laughs> you know, pharmaceuticals are meant to provide us prescriptions to keep us going. So uh, we may not have the best quality of life, but there's something inside lots of people that keeps us going. And the question you just brought it up is where do you get the money to pay for that? Uh, what is that doing to the money I want to leave behind for the people that I love? All that hard work that I put in for 40 years Am I just going to give it away in two years to, uh, you know, a place that needs to provide care to me? And that, those are some really good questions and really tough to answer. Yeah. One of the things that I, I, I was really shocked by is the fact that most people have not, they, they don't give this any thought unless they're going through it with older people in their family, Right. So I was fortunate in that my parents are, I'm still, I'm still fortunate. My parents are still alive. They're in their, they're in their mid eighties. 
and they had a financial plan years ago and they they've always had long-term care insurance and they they gave this a lot of thought and that's what taught me about this planning for this type of thing and if you're it's it's better because it's cheaper when you're younger to get the policy if you have to get a policy when you're 50 you're not going to do it because you're not going to want to pay the kind of money you have to pay when you're in your 50s correct exactly yeah when you you know what's interesting is over the last 20 years we've gone from about 60 companies down to about less or less than 10 that are actually offering policies uh because there's people that are filing claims it's uh you know people are spending time in nursing homes or they're receiving care at home and it's usually is an emotional trigger that gets somebody to consider it. We just actually had a couple in their late forties ask us about it, and we just walked through what the what the pros and cons and the challenges are. But if you start in your fifties, you know you could pay into it for thirty years before you even need it. But that that premium that you put in for thirty years probably will cover that first year that you're in a nursing home anyway. And the average stay in a nursing home is two and a half to three years. So, if, you know, if we tie inflation into what today's rates are, you know, we could be looking at, two, you know, 250, 300,000 in 20 years for a nursing home stay. So, uh, by all means, it has to be taken into account. Uh, according to a number of studies that are out there, you know, the average expense uh, for just health care alone, including Medicare, including your prescriptions, all of that, is somewhere around 300,000 you know, in, in a normal average person's retirement. So, you know, if that is just going towards your medical expenses, you know, how much do you have to have to, to live and do everything else that you want to do? Yeah, no, I, so let's, uh, let's take, let's start from the beginning and let's look at, let's look at the, the entire portfolio of what someone should be thinking about. And, you know, I don't care if, you decide you want to tune out because you don't want to hear a talk about insurance. If you're if you're somebody who's starting a family or you're getting married, right? This is the time. I don't care if you're in your 30s. This is the time for you to buy a life insurance policy because the premiums are going to be really really low. Now, John, talk about the difference between term and uh, and I guess whole life or universal uh, life. What what are the what is the difference? Give us insurance 101. It's not sexy. But it's if you want to be able to sleep at night and you want to know that, you know, your your family is going to be taken care of, you got to think about this when you're starting a family or when you're getting married. So tell us about the different types. Well, first of all, let's set the table. You know, let's set the table how you want to think about life, whether you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s. Let's let's think about our finances as a game, you know. This, you know, right now at this time of the year, the Super Bowl is upon us, right? And so, you know, what to win the game, you have to both play offense and defense. So when you're looking at your finances, right, you have to look at what am I doing to protect myself? How am I playing defense if the worst thing happens? And how am I playing offense, right? So every dollar that we that we make, we have to split up into three things. We have to pay for today, you know, food, clothing, shelter, so on. And then we have to figure out how to protect what we have. Um, and then we have to save for the future at some point. And it's tough balance, So, but you gotta think of it as a game. And so first of all, you have to determine what is it that you want down the road or what is most important to you right now. So if you're a family, you know, uh, or young couple, uh, 
you know, anywhere from 20 to 50 and you have kids, well, you know, statistics say that, you know, there's always somebody that passes away. We don't know who it is, but one out of 1,000, you know, males is probably going to not make it. Uh, could be an accident, could be an illness, we don't know. And we don't know who it is. So the question is, is what happens to my family if I don't make it the next day, right? If, if yesterday it was my final day, what am I leaving my family with? So, you know, when it comes to life insurance, you know, that is an important decision uh, that, you know, if, if you don't make it, then you have to look and say, all right, life insurance is going to be there to leave a lump sum of money behind that is going to, one, cover all my debts, like my house, my, uh, my car, my visas, uh, is it going to set aside some um, some money for um, uh, for college, or you know just to pay for a funeral expense could be anywhere from five to twenty thousand dollars. And on the other end of it, how much income do we have to replace? And so if 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 you're the the main breadwinner for the family, you know how much income do we need to replace over the next five, ten, fifteen, twenty years? So term insurance, you know, is a is a great tool. Um, is part of the game for a lot of couples because it allows you to purchase a very high death benefit for a very low cost, okay? And nothing happens until something happens, right? Until that day hits. And so term is just like auto insurance, you know? Nothing gets paid out until the accident happens, right? So um, there's other forms of life insurance that are available out there. And in, in basically what those other forms are, they call them cash value policies, which could be universal life, whole life, could be variable universal life, index life, and really what it is is it allows you to contribute more money into the policy and that, that money is going to earn some type of interest or dividend which is going to grow over time. So, you know, cash value policies are something that can help build a little equity, kind of similar to a mortgage but not exactly. And it allows you to say, hey, when I'm 65, I want to cash this in because I don't need the death benefit. But when you're a young couple, you need as much death benefit as you can provide because you, you may have kids, you have higher debts, you haven't saved enough money. And so that's why you want to take a look at something like that. Yeah. And the other thing to think about that, uh, that I was taught early on was even if you have a, um, like a, like a non-working spouse, like a spouse who takes care of the kids or a spouse who, uh, you know, handles, handles the household, that god forbid something happens to that person you need to replace the care that that person is giving your children if you have children at home or if you have if you have if she, if i say she because in my case it's my wife but it could be the other way around the non-working spouse is the, the non-employed spouse outside is picking up the kids after school and taking them to activities and stuff something happens to that person you have to replace that so if you think about insurance and you think only we're only going to insure the breadwinner, well, you're missing something, you know, even if even if it's at a just the, the bare minimum level to replace the other uh, partner in the relationship who does all the things that the, the, the primary breadwinner doesn't do, you got to think about that as well. Now, John, one of the things that I really love, you know, my... One of my hobbies, and you know, this is uh, maybe I'm just a nerd, is thinking about asset protection. I work with a lot of lawyers. Um, I've been I've been around the block. I've seen some things happen. 
And insurance can be a great asset protection tool. And one of the things I've seen, and maybe you can explain to us how this works, is you can take an insurance policy and the uh, the insurance policy, the, the uh, proceeds of it can be paid into a trust and that trust can be portioned out however you want. And, you know, an insurance policy in most states, if I'm not mistaken, you're the expert, an insurance policy in most states can't be attached in a, in a lawsuit or, you know, it, how is an insurance, an insurance policy, the proceeds of it aren't taxed either. Am I correct in that or no? Well, first of all, any, any type of death benefit that is payable is, is uh, it bypasses probate and goes directly to the beneficiary and is protected in that instance. Um, when it comes to the values within a policy, whether it's a life insurance policy or, or an annuity contract, um, those those at the the um, the cash value that's in those types of vehicles, depending on how they're structured, depending on the ownership, can be actually uh, protected by law as well. If uh, if they are uh, immediate annuities, if they are annuitized, those assets are protected and people can't get at that. So it's you definitely need to. Um, what we suggest everybody does is take an account of everything that they have, right? And they should do this every year is, is, is do a balance, um, figure out a net worth statement, a balance sheet, and put together what assets do they have, wh uh, what liabilities do they have, and then ask the fundamental question. If I get into a serious car accident and it's my fault, you know, what assets may not be protected? Uh, what, what can uh, they force me to sell? What can they... Um, what can they attach to? You know, like all IRAs, basically, in retirement plans, are protected from creditors as well. So, you know, you really have to take a look at what your assets are. And if you get into a bad situation where it's your fault and somebody, you're liable for somebody else's expenses, is it subject to creditors? And um, it, within, within a number of life insurance vehicles, as well as annuities, you know, uh, IRAs, those are areas where your money is protected uh, outside of doing any trust work with an attorney. All right. So in in just one minute, John, I want you to uh, explain to us uh, the strategy for if you're if you're self-employed and I'll, and I'll give you an example. If you're self-employed, I want you to explain to us the strategy if you're successful for for lack of a better term, overfunding your retirement so that you put off potential tax exposure. I don't want you to do it yet because first we have to do this. Today's show is brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. Sandrowski Corporate Advisors has provided expert client service since 1983 to people all over the United States. They have offices in Metro Detroit and in Chicago, and they have expertise in tax planning, consulting, family office advisory, dispute advisory, business, eva business valuation, litigation support, forensic accounting, risk management, you name it, Sandrowski does it. But the thing that really fires me up about what Sandrowski Corporate Advisors does is they can help you if you, you are a business owner and you want to minimize your tax exposure, they will look at your business. They'll do an evaluation and they will help you look at the structure of your business. And in some cases, you may qualify for small business tax treatment that will allow you, when you're ready to sell your business, to protect a significant amount of the proceeds 
from taxes. Now, it's not available in all cases, but Sandrowski Corporate Advisors can definitely help you take a look at the structure of your business to make sure you're in the ideal position from a tax exposure perspective. If you want to reach out to them and find out more about what they can do for you and your business, I want you to call them at this number, 866-717-1607, 866-717-1607. Sandrowski Corporate Advisors is also a valuable partner to lawyers and law firms who are involved in the litigation process and they need litigation support like business valuation or a forensic audit. They can help you with these with all of these things. They've done it since 1983. They are my choice for this type of work. Give them a call, 866-717-1607. We're also brought to you by My Revenue Roadmap Guide. That's right, the guide that I offer to my clients to help them build their marketing plan, whether you're involved in business development for your law firm or you're involved in growing a small business, you can benefit from getting my Revenue Roadmap Guide for free. Just go to revenueroadmapguide.com, revenueroadmapguide.com, enter your name and your email address there. You can download the entire plan and customize it for yourself. It's my gift to you for being a valued listener or a valued viewer of our show here on YouTube or on the podcast. We're talking with John Gottschall. If you want to reach out to John, you can go to coachfinancial.com. That's coachfinancial.com. Or you can email him at johng at coachfinancial.com. I'm going to put all that information along with his LinkedIn uh, profile address and his phone number. Put all that in the show notes for you so you can reach out to John for direct advice on how to handle your financial situation. All right, John, before we took that quick break, we were talking about what professionals or business owners can do to shelter some of their money from tax exposure when they're really successful. And this is how this came into my life, right? I was working with a, with a law firm, two partners, and the partners had a killer year. They got, uh, they got, a, they got a great result in a case. They got a windfall. And they were paying themselves a, you know, a very fair, by IRS standards, a fair salary, and they would take distributions, but those distributions get walloped for taxes. So what they ended up doing was at, toward the end of the year, like November, December, they overfunded their retirement accounts in that year, allowing them to put the money in before they paid taxes on it, and then they'll take it out you know, 30, 40 years down the road when they're in a much lower tax bracket. Explain to folks how that works and talk about the types of retirement vehicles that allow people to do that. Oh, sure. Well, it, you know, for small businesses that are successful, um, any business, you, you have to ask the funder qu fundamental question. Is it better to give that money to Uncle Sam or is it better to put it in my pocket for the future? And I think we all know the answer to that. We want to take advantage of every vehicle that we can if we can afford to do it. So uh, many small businesses, you know, you can you can look at simple IRA plans. You know, they uh, they allow you to get into about twenty grand a year. You can look at SEPs, which is a, um, a simplified employee pension, which is like a profit sharing for a small business. You can either put in twenty percent of your W, uh, twenty five percent of your W two income, or twenty percent of your ten ninety nine income, depending on how your business is structured. Or what a lot of people are taking a look at is as if you're a one-person shop, solo 401ks, so you can set up a 401k just for yourself. Uh, if you do have employees, you know, a lot of our smaller businesses are, are setting up 
uh, a full-blown 401k plan that allows for a profit-sharing portion. And the question always becomes is if I put this money in, even if I have to put it in for my employees, is the amount that I'm putting in for my employees better off going to them or is it better off going to Uncle Sam? Well, it's better off going to my employees because they will actually appreciate it and they can use it for their retirement. So uh, those are the four vehicles that most people are using. It's a function of uh, what your revenue is, uh, also is a function of how many employees you have and what you're paying them. And uh, the, the 401k, you know, you can max out at $59,000 if you do everything correctly and are making enough income. And if that's still not enough, then we can look into other things uh, like cash balance plans and things like that, where now it's instead of a defined contribution plan, you can take a look at defined benefit plans. Uh, we do have a, a client that was contributing up to 160000 a year uh, and not paying taxes on it to somewhere down the road. So, yeah, there's many options for the small business person. You might as well take advantage of everyone that's available to you. All right. So... Tell us, uh, give us a couple of examples of some of the things you do with your clients. So share share a couple of client success stories with us. People come to you. How does how does a how does a relationship start with you? Does somebody say, "Oh man, I'm having a baby. I need insurance," or does you know is there a life event and their you know their best friend you know has too many pork rinds, keels over, and has a heart attack, and they go, "Oh man." I, I don't want I don't want to leave my family the way this guy left his family. How does that conversation with you usually start? It, it usually is triggered by some emotional event that happened, you know, prior to. Um, you know, one of my clients, unfortunately, um, you know, came to me many years ago. He he was sold this this life insurance policy. He's like, hey, what do I do with this thing? You know, I took a look at it. It was in some trouble. Um, I said, okay. You know, it was like 25000 of coverage. I'm like, look, you have a family, you have a business, you have you have three kids. Um, you know, we need to take a look at this differently. So we walked through, uh, did an evaluation of where he was um, at the time, where he was heading. He had a very successful small business. Well, he uh, we ended up switching out the policy, from, you know, went from twenty five to 100000 Unfortunately, he uh, contracted non-Hodgkin's lymphoma at 39 years old, passed away, and uh, family, you know, took the 100000 lump sum, which was greatly needed, and left them with this business that uh, they continued for a long time, but it was very hard to continue and make any money because he was the main person that was running that thing. So, um, but it was, it was a referral over to us, and then we just started the conversation, where are you at and where are you going? You know, what's important and what's not important? And that's how we did that. Um, we have many small businesses coming to us. Uh, we just went through the retirement example. I had a, a client of mine, he came to me, and he uh, he's like, hey, these other people want me to put money into an IRA. I can't deduct it and then convert it to a Roth IRA. And I looked at him, I'm like, well, why aren't we maxing out a 401k? You know, why aren't we, uh, and at the time it was $50,000 on the max. It's like, well, do I have employees? I'm like, well, if you do the math, your employees, if we do this right, you know, all of the tax savings are going to benefit your employees and they're only going to be there two to four years anyway. So let's set it up in a system where it's going to benefit you in the long term. He's now up to 90 employees. You know, he, uh, he used that to help recruit and retain um, employees and now he's got a very successful plan. Um, on the health insurance side, we, you know, for, for businesses when we, we work with their, their benefits for the health insurance. 
about 80% of the time we walk in, we do a quick evaluation and take a look at uh, what is their employee base, uh, what, what are they paying, what are the health issues, do a full evaluation and come back and say, hey, the, here's our recommendations. About eight out of 10 times, we're gonna save them 10 to 15% on their current costs. Uh, one of our clients who, who uh, we started working with them, um, they were about 350 employees when we started working on their benefit package. Right now, uh, after eight years, we know uh, that we've saved them over $4 million in insurance costs because we structured their health plan correctly. And they've gone from 350 employees to over 500, you know, so that's significant growth. So we're, we're doing things uh, a lot like that. Um, and, you know, it just depends if you're a business or personal, 98% of our business comes from referrals. Uh, many of it comes from our current clients. Uh, after we solve a difficult situation, they usually come to us, be, uh, their friends usually come to us because we're able to do something and figure something out that nobody else was able to figure out. Now, I want to I wanna, uh, get to the heart of why you do what you do. Before you do that, you raised, you raised one, before you tell us about that, you raised one issue there that I think is really important, and, and I want you to, to spend a couple of minutes just explaining why it's so important, and that's key person insurance, sure. right? Mm-hmm. If you and I are entering into a partnership, and I handle the sales, you handle the operations, or vice versa, and I get hit by a bus you need to be able to replace me. Talk about key person insurance, or if we have clients and there's future delivery of services and you're the only person in our firm that can deliver those services, I gotta figure out how I'm gonna replace you if you get hit by a bus. Talk about how that works and why it's so important. I, I'm, I'm regularly amazed at how, how many partnerships don't have this. Yeah, well, you know, when you when you look at a business, right? When you start a business or you're a business owner, you're wearing you know 40 different hats. You know, especially when you get started. Uh, if you're even if you're two people and splitting up the duties, you have 20 hats each. You know, from the marketing to the accounting to the sales to the processing to the you know customer relations, the whole nine yards. So it becomes a a matter of importance whether whether it's your personal plan or it's a business. You know, we're always working off what's most important in front of us, right? And so that's something that gets pushed down the ladder is I'll take care of it later. In many cases, they never take care of it. But you hit on a key point is, yeah, what happens if, you know, my partner passes away, my top salesperson passes away? Uh, Well, that definitely is going to slow down the business uh, for two reasons. Number one, that person's not there to handle those duties. But number two, you're emotionally crushed, right? You got to get up the next day and try and put it together to keep that business afloat. And you may not have everything, especially if it's your spouse, if it's a family member, if it's uh, somebody that you, obviously if you're going into business with somebody, you care about them. So it's, it's a very tough moment for that to happen. And the question is, you know, where do I get the money to, to, to uh, overcome this bad period of time, you know, because we are going to lose some money. We are going to be not as effective. We are going to uh, maybe be slow on our deliveries. Our clients may go somewhere else uh, because of it. So those are a lot of questions. And, you know, it's very simple um, to, to purchase a life insurance policy to, to provide that. Uh, some people just sometimes hate insurance. That's an excuse we get a lot. But Again, it is um, it's a matter of importance and how important is it. It becomes more important 
after somebody gets sick when they can't get the insurance. <laughs> so all of you out there who are lawyers, do you want to be a partner with your partner's spouse? In many cases, if your partner's spouse isn't a lawyer, that's not even possible. So you have to come up with the money to buy out that other person. Where are you going to get that money from? You want to dip into your pocket to buy that other person out? In your agreement, it should provide for a buyout provision if the unfortunate event happens where one of the partners dies. And the way you fund that is with an insurance policy that costs you very little for that big peace of mind that will take care of that event. Believe me, the worst thing in the world besides your partner dying, is you figuring out how to get rid of that spouse who wants to run the business like they're running something that, that you know, like they want to run the law firm like they ran the, the bakery that they owned 100 years ago, and you don't agree with that person, you didn't sign up to be partners with that person, the only way to get them out is to buy them out, and the way to have the money is to have this insurance policy and have it put in your partnership agreement, specifically that that you have the option to buy that person out. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and that's, it's a, it's a fair question. You know, what is, what is plan B if plan A doesn't work? And, you know, and do you want to be, do you want to be partners with the family? Um, can you be partners with the family? How do you, you know, if you're, uh, you know, a small law practice, obviously there's different rules because of licensing, but how are you going to double up the caseload? You know, and if you make mistakes, if you make mistakes with the double caseload, how does that affect your practice, right? So mm-hmm. you need to bring somebody aboard. And uh, with most most businesses out there, without the licensing issues, that is the fundamental question: is Do I want to be partners, uh, even though I may love them to death? Are they a good fit as a partner for me going forward? Can they? No. Can everybody they everybody knows that their partner spouse is nuts. You don't want to be partners with your partner spouse. You know you don't want to be partners with that person if something happens. You love them, but you don't want them making business decisions. Put it in your agreement. Fund it with insurance. It's the easiest thing to do. It, re- it really, really is. All right, John. So how did you get involved in this in the first place? Were you like, were you in college and you were like, wow, that insurance, uh, that that's really sexy. I want to be a part of that. How did you get started in this in the first place? What was your, what was the, what was the genesis? of this? Well, I actually went to a job fair at uh, Harper College in, in uh, Palatine, Illinois, and uh, met this very successful sales manager. He brought me into the uh, sales office, met a, you know, a handful of very successful people. Um, they're all dressed to the nines. They, you know, they seem to be smart. They were motivated. Um, the sports thing was, I knew would take a long time if I was ever to get into it. And I figured, you know what, why not start my own business, uh, and be in something that's going to affect people's lives in a positive way. And that's how I got into it. Sure. Sure. And you know, for people who are, people who are listening to this, sometimes my, my, my kid's a teenager and he, he listens to these shows and you know, sometimes his friends listen to these shows. Talk about how great, what a great career, uh, you know, working in financial services is because you give people peace of mind and the compensation is quite fair. So talk about that a little bit. Well, you know, the, I think when, when you run any business that you go into, it's about serving others, right? Whether you're building a widget that's going to you know, be part of a car, you're serving something that's going to end up in a consumer's hands. So what, the way that I look at it was that you know, the insurance in the financial world, you know, investments, it, 
it's going to have an impact on you know the businesses that I was seeking to work with or the individuals it didn't matter you know once you understand the, the principle of what's how insurance works you know your job is to apply that to every different situation but it was about serving you know what what makes me feel good in life is seeing others succeed you know as uh, when I was a coach uh, coaching sixth and seventh grade basketball back in the 90s one of the things that jazzed me up was seeing a kid do something that they never thought that they could do the success factor the winning factor and you know that that you know is translated into the same thing in my business world is you want to see people grow and succeed all right so john how do you get your clients what's the you mentioned you mentioned referrals and you and i are part of a community of professionals where we refer business back and forth to each other and that's terrific but how else do you get your clients uh, you know, 90, like, like I mentioned before, 95, 98% of our clients come from referrals within the networking groups that I'm involved with or our current base of client. We do uh, do some shows like this, Dave, so I appreciate you having us on and getting the word out. We also do, have done uh, some other podcasts out there. I've, I've done a little radio in the past. I've, uh, I will be bringing up uh, and uh, putting out there some, some educational videos by the end of the year. And one of the... Uh, success stories we just had is we have uh, a client that uh, about 35% of their employee base is, is non-English speaking. We were able to enroll 50% of those people into retirement plans. Oh, wow, great. And that was done by doing some educational videos and really breaking down, you know, what things mean, how they work, and what you need to consider. And so I think by the end of the year, we're going to be doing that as well. We do have our websites at uh, coachfinancial.com. I also have a second website called wecoachinsurance.com, uh, which is where we help uh, our clients with their auto and home and their business insurance. Uh, so they can go to that website and get all sorts of information as well. Fantastic. That's great. You mentioned, you mentioned groups that you belong to. What, what groups have been productive from, for you from a, uh, from a referral standpoint? What groups do you like that, uh, where people really get what you do and, they, and there's a good give and take? Well, you know, geez, uh, for the last 20 years, I've, I've been in a number of groups. So I've been in BNI, uh, which, you know, is, it was great for, for 10, 15 years uh, because we had a wonderful group of people that were in there that are still my friends today. I, I feel, you know, it's funny. I feel the exact same way. I was in it for 11 years and they're some of my best friends. Yeah. But at one at some point, you got it's like you graduate and you move on to the next thing. Yeah, exactly. And now I'm in, in, a, in a group called Provisors. I'm also in another group called the, the Advisors Council, uh, TAC. I'm in an, a smaller group uh, through a, a sales organization called SANG. Um, the Samurai Sales Group had, you know, created these uh, networking groups a long time ago. And so, um, so once a week, I'm out there, you know, having lunch, getting going to these meetings. Um, Provisors also has some affinity groups that I'm involved with that where professionals in certain areas uh, congregate. And so we, we talk about estate planning issues, retirement issues, mergers and acquisition issues. So I can, you know, network with, you know, lawyers, accountants, uh, business professionals and uh, learn from them you know, so I can go back to my clients. So a lot of, you know, a lot of it is just as you're getting to meet people and talking with them, all of a sudden a situation will come up and they'll be like, hey, I need you to talk to my person. And that's usually where it starts. That's fantastic. All right, John. So in, in just one minute, I'm going to ask you for three big takeaways from our time together. So give that some thought. Three big takeaways from our time together. 
Folks, today's show is brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. You heard me talk about them. If you need litigation support, you need help with forensic accounting, Sandrowski Corporate Advisors are the people to call. If you want help with family office services, you have high net worth individuals that you're working with and you want to take care of them in the best way possible, Sandrowski Corporate Advisors literally wrote the book on that. That's right, they wrote a textbook on how to handle high net worth individuals. They're the people to call. You can reach out to them at 866-717-1607. Thank you to them for their support. They make this show possible. All right, John, what are the three big takeaways we need from our time together today? All right, first of all, think of finances as a game, right? And you, you want to win the financial game. So first of all, uh, make sure you have the right offense and the defense. You know, whether you're a business or personal, make sure you start asking questions. Know where you came from, know where you are, and know where you want to go. And um, and make sure, number three, and this is maybe the most important, do your homework. You know, uh, many of us thought that homework stopped when we graduated from high school or college or our MBA program. However, do your homework because um, you always want to make a decision knowing both the pros and the cons of any financial decision. You know, if it goes this way, how does it work? If it goes that way, how does it work? Uh, and, and it's okay to double check your the people that you're currently working. It's always okay to double check the people that you're currently working with because if you're working with a true professional, they're giving you exactly what you need and it'll always stand up to scrutiny. John Gottschall, thank you so much for coaching us up today. I really appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for being here. Hey, thank you, Dave. A wonderful show and uh, hopefully we'll catch up down the road. All right. Have Thank great, you, folks. Have a great 2022. Everybody have a great 2022. We'll see you right back here again tomorrow for another edition of the Inside BS Show. We're here every day with a great interview for you. Until tomorrow, here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.